This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I want to read for you today in uh, the book of First Chronicles. So if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Chronicles. We're going to go to chapter 29. And we're going to look at a couple of, past, of, of, of scriptures here. And, and, and we're going to read something that the Bible calls David's prayer. And I think it's going to speak to us as we look at, at, at the, the heart to give and how the heart to, to, to give can cause us to receive the blessings from God. So 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 10. The, the passage will be up on the screen if you don't have your word today. Verse 10 starts out that says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel. From everlasting to everlasting, verse 11, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. Have you noticed the trend so far in this passage? The first nine verses of this passage, they were taking up an offering. And right after the offering was took, the first thing he did was not to magnify himself or to magnify any ministry. But what he did was he praised God. Because the first thing that we always do when we give and when we receive is we praise God. Because everything that we have is a result of who he is in our life. It says, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Verse 12, we get into the money part of this. It says, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are strangers in your sight and we're we're all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. In verse 16, Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name. Where does it come from? His hand. And all of it belongs to you. Let me tell you a story this morning that might take this message, put it inside of a capsule that I think will help us to understand and be able to relate to this verse. We will refer to this story I'm going to share throughout the message today. There was a dad and his son that went to Mickey D's, McDonald's, and the dad bought his son some fries, and they went to go sit at a nearby booth. The son sat and began to enjoy some of those nice, fresh, warm, salty fries. Makes you just a little bit hungry, don't it? That his dad had bought him, and all of a sudden, the dad decided, man, those smell real good. I think I'd like some of those fries. Come on now, I heard that. So he reached over the table 
and began to lift his arm over to grab some of those french fries when to his surprise the son who had the fries pulled them back out of reach to his dad saying no these are my fries. His dad now in amazement and shock because he didn't imagine this would happen began to reflect on his son and the the attitude about the french fries and began to say several things to himself. The first thing he said was, my son doesn't have any idea that I am the source of those fries. My son doesn't have any idea that I am the source of those fries. Five minutes before we walked into the store, walked to the counter, I ordered the fries, then I took out my wallet, and I paid for those fries. The only reason he has them is because of me. The next thing he thought was, not only am I the source of those fries, but my son doesn't realize or understand that as my role as his dad, I have the power to take those fries from him if I so choose. And as a matter of fact, I could let him swim in a mountain of fries. Or I could take the fries away depending on how he reacts. And then he thought, my son doesn't quite understand that I really don't need his fries. If I want to, I can go back up to the counter and I can get some fries for myself. I can sit down and I can enjoy my own order of fries. And as the dad thought back through the process of his son's inability to give back to the source of those fries, he said, I came to the conclusion that I really didn't want his fries as, as I much his willingness to share them with me. What a message that is for us today. That the dad didn't need the fries. All he wanted was his willingness to share. And I don't know if anybody else inside here can relate to that story, but I know that I can. You see, God takes us to a store every single day of our life, and he blesses you and I. He has given us an order of fries for our enjoyment and our pleasure. Some are different sizes and some are different shapes. Some have more to others, but to everyone, God has given something. And God says to himself that he desires to sit down with us and talk with us and be with us. And he reaches over to grab a couple of those fries knowing that we have plenty. And we pull back and say, no, God, these are my gifts. These are my talents. These are my abilities. This is my money. This is my things. And God looks at us and says to himself, do they not realize that I am the source of everything that they have? Don't they understand that I have the power to take everything away from them if I so choose but don't they also understand that if they take care of what I gave them correctly then I can bless them with an abundance of more then don't they understand that I really don't need it but I just I just want to be with them you see God wants you to share and to give not because he is hurting or not because he needs it. He wants you to share what you have because he has, mo- he, he has modeled in himself the, the concept to give and he wants that to be passed on to his children. You see, the first scripture that you might have learned in, in your life as a young boy said, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He modeled in himself the art of giving. 
And throughout the entire Bible, you find a God that's always giving, but he is also very interested in our response to when he gives. He is waiting and he is watching as to how we respond. And when God says that he wants some of it back or he wants to pass it on to somebody else, he's watching because he wants to see how we act. You see, in this passage, there's a tremendous message that I want us to look at today. I said the first nine, um, the nine, um, uh, the nine verses of this were, were right. They were taking an offering. And beginning in verse 10 and through verse 16, I consider that to be one of the most powerful passages in God's word concerning the fact that God is the source of every blessing that we have. Look back at just a couple things with me real quick. If you're one that likes to take notes inside your word, look at this. In verse number 11, you see, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Everything that I have is because of him. Just another couple verses later, it says everything comes from you. And then one last time in verse 16, and all of it belongs to you. You see, David understood the concept that, uh, that everything comes from God. He even said, in your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. David knew that God could take or he could give any time he wanted to. But the most interesting phrase to me is found where it says, everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand, which means what I give, I can only give because it first came from him. You see, what's interesting to David, that as they have come to bring the gold and silver, he said, everything you have given us and we have turned around and given it right back to you. We have literally taken it from your hand and given it right back. Why? Because everything... We have is because of him. You see, how many of you have ever given your, your, your kids money to spend on you for Christmas? Okay, some of you might have. And that's essentially what is being said, and David understood this. God has blessed us with gifts, with abilities, with time, the energy, the talent, the health, so on. And I could go on and on about what God has given us. God has blessed us and God has given to us so that we can turn around and give right back to him. Am I saying this morning that God is the source of everything? Yes, I am. That everything I have, Miss Paula, is because the Lord has found it in his heart to bless me with it. Everything that we have in this life, well, you say, but I've got a house that I've paid for. I've got a car that I paid for. I've got this and I've got that. But who gave you the passion? Who gave you the ability to work and to earn and to do all of that stuff? Yes, you did, but let me tell you something. The wisdom and everything, the abilities to attain them all come from God above. Everything you have is a gift from God. Even the hair on your head, and let's be honest, some people are more blessed than others. And all the bald people, yep. You wouldn't even have the air to breathe this morning if it weren't for God and everything that he's done. When you really sit back and reflect, there really isn't anything that we have that God hasn't already given us nothing. And when you truly understand that God is the source of absolutely everything that we have, and you realize that God gives to us and he delights in us giving to others, and knowing that, it amazes me sometimes that people would still act like the boy who had a prize and said, no, these are mine. We have to give 
back to God. Am I talking about money? Absolutely. But am I talking about your gifts? Absolutely. Am I talking about your talents? Absolutely. There is everything that you have inside of you. Give it to God. You see, because what he feels is the same thing that I feel. What a wonderful delight it is to have your children share it with you. Right? What a delight it is for our God in heaven to have us share with him. It's even a greater delight to have your children share with you the gratitude they have over the things that we give them. See, here's the thing I know about when we share. The portion we share is usually a direct result of how hungry we are. Listen to this. If you are starving to death and you just have to have those fries, guess what? I'm probably going to keep them to myself. But if I'm hungry and I just ate, it's easier for me to give because I already have plenty. Now let me tell you something. I'm not preaching Chris here. I'm preaching the holy word of God. This is what the Bible says. He wants us to give even when we're hungry. You see, and it's because of the hunger inside of us, because we want God to move so much inside of us, because we have needs that we prayed for God to meet, because we've been seeking the power of the Holy Spirit inside our lives and we have yet to receive the baptism, yet we, we, because we're hungry for it, we give. Because when God sees a heart of giving and when we, he, he sees a sacrifice being made, that's when he says, I want to bless my children. We have to give, a willingness to give. You see, there's three different truths that I want us to look at today in regards to God and His blessing. I want to talk about His ability to give, the power that He has to give. I want to talk about His willingness to give and His reason to give. So let's start this morning with the truth about God's power. Does He have the ability to give us what we need? The answer throughout scripture is yes. And in verse 12 of the original passage, David understood this when he said, wealth and honor come from who? You. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things in your hands. Our strength in your hands. Our strength. In your hands are strength and the power to exalt and give strength to all. God has the ability to give to each of us. There's nothing. Let me tell you something. Somebody needs to take this and put it in their bank this morning. God has the ability to give you what you need right now. He has the power to give you what you need right now. Let me tell you about his power. He is omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. He said, let there be light. And the very power of his words that he spoke, and there was light. He said, let there be this, and let there be that. And the very power that he spoke with his mouth brought these things into existence. He is an all-powerful God. I want you to look closely at his power this morning. And I want you to go with me on an imaginary you know, a trip through space and time. And our destination this morning is to reach the backside of the galaxy. Let's travel at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second. Or that's 669 million miles per hour. And if I were to stand still right here. And at this moment, shoot a gun, and at that speed, the bullet would dart around the earth and strike me in the back of the head seven and a half times before normal reaction time would allow me to move out of the way. Let me tell you something. 
That's how powerful God is. As we travel in this ship, in about 20 minutes' time, we can pass the sun. But we travel on for a day, and we haven't reached the backside yet of this galaxy. We travel for two days, five days, ten days, travel for a month. We're still not there. We speed on for another six months, a year, five years, 10, 20, 100 years, 1,000 years, 1,000 years at 669 million miles per hour, and we still haven't reached our mark. We speed on for 5,000 years, 10,000 years, 20,000 years. We go a little bit more, and 60,000 years later, at 669 million miles per hour, we finally reach the end of the galaxy. But then when we get there, we realize that's only just one of them. And it's going to take that same speed for a million more years to reach the next one. Within the bowl of the Big Dipper alone, there are over one million galaxies. And I want you to think for just a moment how big and omnipotent my God is. I want you to think about how powerful my God is. That he can have the mind and the concept to create all of that. And to know, to prove, to say to us today that there is nothing too big for me. That's why it says in his word, it says in Isaiah chapter 40 here, it says, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens who created all of these. Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great what power and his mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. That's how powerful this morning my God is. Does he have the ability to answer and to provide for your need? I'm telling you this morning he does. It goes on to say, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. He's saying, why have you complained to me that you don't have what you need? Did I not say that I created the galaxy? Did I not just tell you that I created the stars? Did I not tell you that everything you see today is because of me, yet you still sit back there and complain about why you don't have what you need? He goes on to say, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the ever lasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he will not grow tired, he will not grow weary, and his understanding, nobody, let me tell you something, he is not tired of hearing you pray, he is not weary about hearing your, your request he says to make it all known to him I'm telling you this morning, don't for a minute think that he has stopped hearing your prayer he has heard everything that you have said my God, somebody help me this morning. I'm here to encourage somebody. I'm here to tell somebody, don't give up. Your blessing's coming. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What am I trying to say, Southern Hills Church of God, is this morning. My God is powerful and He can take care of you. Why do we continue to doubt him? It's our flesh. I can answer that. Our flesh. 
we sometimes can't comprehend or understand how big of a God he really is. But let me tell you something for just a moment. If we can get past our flesh and understand in, in the spirit that my God is big enough to supply all your needs. The same God who created the heavens and the earth knows you by name. And knows the hairs on your head or lack thereof. We know about his power. But number two, let's talk about his willingness to give. The um, provision of God, how he provides for us. Is he willing? You see, God is willing to give you today what you need. Why? Because I know he places us at a higher level than the importance of those stars. In Psalms, it even says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Did you know that anything that God asks or would ask from you today, he has already provided the resources that you need to do it? He's already provided for you. Would you ask your child to go to the store to buy some milk without providing the means for him to buy it? I say that God has already given you what you need to accomplish what he's told you to do. So that's why I can say with confidence that God has given you what you need to do next. And when you obey God with what he gave you for you to do next, that when you get there, God will then provide what you need to take the next step and then to take the next one and then to take the next one. You see, that's why God doesn't always tell you what's going to happen 10 years from now, 12 years from from now, because he doesn't want you to worry about that. What he wants you to worry about is what you're going to do with what he gave you right now. Our problem is that we have a twofold Problem here, one's that we want resources that we don't need. God gives to you today everything he needs for you to be today. God supplied me the power and the grace that I need to know for right now. If he sees that I need more, he will provide it to me as I need it. He said he'd supply all my needs, not all my wants. God will take care of me. Let me tell you something. This morning, if you can't do something in your power, Hear me, it's because your excuse is larger than your want to. But we already know that his desire is that all of his children would come to an understanding of who he is. So knowing that right there, I know that my God is willing and he will so I can say with confidence this morning, child of God, hold on to his unchanging hand because when you need it the most, that's when my God will show up. He's never late. He's always on time. He's willing. He's powerful. He's willing. But what's his reason? Why does God give to us? You see, if you were God and had all the resources at your disposal, would you be as giving as him? We have David here who said, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Here is his reason to give. Can I explain it to you real quick? Here's his reason. God gives to us so that we can give back to him. 
God gives to us so that we can give to others, so that we can share this thing called life. He gives you things he doesn't give me. He gives me things that he don't give you. That's why we need each other. And that's why we have to share life with each other. That's why we have to do this this thing together. Because what I don't have, you might have. And what you don't have, I might have. He gives so that we can do this together in unity. That's why it's so important that when God gives you a gift, to use it. Because there might be somebody that needs to be blessed by that gift. But if we hoard it to ourselves and we don't use it, then we might rob somebody of their blessing. Why does he give? So that we can do this together. We're supposed to be the body of Christ. We all have different gifts. We all have different things that we can do, different talents. Some might be the hand. Some might be the feet. Some might be the head. But we're all supposed to do this so it can work together for the same purpose. We need each other. And when we bicker and when we complain and when we gripe and when we gossip, we're harming the body of Christ. And we cannot work together if we're doing that. That's why we have to be holy and righteous in the eyes of God. And get rid of any moral filth that we have so that we can walk in the power and the anointing that God has given us. So that we can be the church that God has called us to be. You see, God is the initial giver. He expects us to do something with what he gave us. We all have different roles to play. Some might be money. You might have been blessed with more money than I. And your spiritual gift is to give. God might have given you the voice of an angel. And the gift that God gave you to be is to stand up on this stage and sing as loud as you can. The gift that you might have is to greet at the doors. You might have a smiling face. And we have to use what God gave us for the edification of his body. For him, he's the initial giver. I shared this story many months ago, but I want to share it again. And I want to drive home this point today before we close. You see, God gives with the intention that we help each other. Right? I saw some research on these redwood trees. And here's what I've found out. It's really cool that these redwood trees are the tallest living things on planet Earth. They can grow 30 stories high. How do they do that? Because their roots grow so deep. Their roots grow 100 feet down. And their roots grow sideways. And what happens is you won't hardly ever see a redwood tree standing by itself. You know why? Because the root system underneath the ground, when they go sideways, this tree connects with this tree, that connects with this tree, that connects with this tree, and together all those trees help to support each other so that they can stand tall against the wind. I'm telling you, as a church and as a body of Christ, to withstand the wind, to withstand the storm, we have to interlock our roots together. We've got to join together and help each other and share this thing called life so that we can withstand the attack of the enemy against us and this church. This is what we need in the body of Christ. This is what I can promise you today. This week you will face something hard. That's life. Life comes right and left, north and south, up and down. It doesn't matter. He's no respecter of persons. Life hits. 
And the enemy wants you to be isolated. Because when you're isolated and by yourself, that's, that's when he can attack. And he's at his strongest. But let me tell you something. When we share with each other the gifts that God gave us, when we join and link arm in arm and hand in hand in unity, there is nothing the devil can do to stop this church and stop the mission that God has given us. And there is nothing, let me tell you, nothing that can overcome the power of my God. Amen. Let's not do this by ourselves. Let's do this together. If I can have some soft music playing, I do want to close and read this last passage in Matthew chapter 25. I won't read the whole passage. I'm just going to tell you about it. There's a few observations that I have about this passage that stick out. I want to just share it with you with what this, this, this is the passage that talks about the sheep and the goats and how he will divide them on his right and on his left. And in Matthew 25, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are, who are blessed of my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was naked, and you gave me clothes. The verse goes on to say that what you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. And then it goes on to say that, but for, but, but for those that are on the left, depart from me who you are cursed. Because when I was hungry, you didn't give me food. And when I was, when I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. When I was naked, you did not clothe me. He said, depart because I don't know you. Let me tell you some things I've heard about that passage that what I think is true. We are accountable to God with what we do with his blessings. We are accountable to God. With what we do with the blessings that he gives us. You and I are accountable. When he sits down and gives us that large fry. He wants to see how we respond and how we act. Do we share? Do we give? And I found that giving to others is giving to God. When I see somebody in need, we give to them. This is how partnership works. Let me tell you. What else I found? Not giving to others who are needy is not giving to God. And he doesn't like it. He said to those who are on my left, depart from me, for I did not know you. I'm telling you, it's interesting that God would choose to live through a man by saying that he was the one naked, and he was the one hungry, and he was the one in jail. Isn't it interesting that God cares for a man so much that he'd put himself in that man's shoes? And that's exactly what he did when he was nailed up on that cross and died up on that tree and was crucified for who? For you and I. And he decided to put himself in our shoes so that we wouldn't have to endure the pain. That's the type of God that we serve. That's the type of power that he holds. That's how willing he is. And that's how much he wants to bless you and I. He loves you so much that he gave his only son to die on a cross so that you and I would be free. I'm telling you this morning with all eyes closed and all heads bowed. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I've got to have a breakthrough. I need a blessing. I need uh, you. People just don't understand. They just don't know. I need God today. 
I need you to answer my prayer. I'm telling you as a church, we're willing to stand with you in unison and believe that word over your life. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need God to do something. I saw hands all over this place before we began this message. Would you slip your hand? Would you raise your hand? There's one, two, three, four, five. There's hands all over this place. Can we agree with each other in prayer? Can we believe with each other that my God is an all-powerful God that can bless you when you need it the most? Can we believe together that He is a miracle-working God? If that's you and you're willing to take that step of faith, would you get up from your seat and come to this altar and would you allow us to pray with you and believe with you that my God will supply all your needs?